Hey, Collaborist, I'm Ben Leroy. And I'm Jason Buckholz. And you have made a great decision and are listening to Collabracast. How's it going, Jay? I'm doing very well. It is a beautiful spring day here. Birds are singing. The sun is out. I had a really lovely weekend. I think I mentioned last week that I was doing some writing in preparation to officiate my friend Jonathan's wedding to his yeah, how'd that go? lovely bride, Maggie. It was really wonderful. It was a beautiful spot. It was in this little cathedral of Redwoods in the Berkeley Hills, uh, followed up by a reception at a restaurant. And it was just a such an honor and a privilege to be asked to be a part of something like that. And as far as writing assignments go, um, it was a, it was a really special one. And just to be able to write something for an occasion like that was just a really wonderful reminder of the power of words. And what I did was I told, so this is, this is a couple who came together during the pandemic at kind of a later stage than the typical first marriage is. And as such, they were you know both living alone. It was kind of something that happened, even though he lives a mile away from me, he's one of my best friends. I didn't really know, you know, you don't get the blow by blow at this stage. And so um, she had, she lived on the East, she lived in New York City until fairly recently. And so that's where most of her friends were. And so there were just a, a lot of people coming into this without a really strong idea of who this couple was or what the circumstances were that brought them together or who their friend was marrying for that matter. So I got to tell their story, you know, and I told, I, I went through all kind of the big decisions that, that uh, my friend Jonathan's from Pennsylvania and she's from San Francisco. So I kind of started out. Wait, with so them. they, they crisscrossed the country. Like you did. Yeah. Okay. He came to Berkeley as an undergrad and she went to George Washington University uh, as an undergrad. And so in the course of that, they switched places in the country and then she went to New York and he went to L.A. And then they came back to the Bay Area and found each other. And so how did they meet just out of curiosity? They met on uh, on the apps. They met on, I think, Bumble. OK. And um yeah, it was a, good it for was, them, man. That's awesome that you got to be a part of that. And it seems like it would be an event where there could be a lot of magic as the different friend groups do get their first real understanding of how everything came together and the nature of their love and their relationship. And that's a high honor for you to be a part of communicating that. It was. And I actually talked about that very thing, that that melding of communities was one of the phrases that I used um, just, you know, people coming together and discover is it's what we talk about here. It's what we do here all the time. We're talking about it's for community, you know, and this was very much a celebration of community and a joining of communities. And I, I, my opening comments to the, the audience, to the, the guests were, Hey, you're, this is not just, you're not just here to participate and bear witness, but to actually meet each other and to, and to participate in the tightening of the community around this couple. And that, that friend really has real power. 
Yeah, my friend Justice talks about community as a verb, and it sounds like that's an instance of community as a verb, like we coming together. I, I've got a friend named Justice too. You know a dude named Justice? Yeah, one of my heroes. Yeah, good right. dude. Uh, so everything went with off without a hitch, and it everyone lovely. had it. Yeah, it rained on Friday, and so <laughs> the day before, and but the weather was perfect on Saturday. Food was good. Band was great. I got to dance with a, a 16 month old baby named Lucy who flew in from Tokyo. She and I hung out. It was awesome. Awesome. Shout out to Lucy. Shout out to Lucy. How about you? How are you doing? I'm Happy doing all right. You're back I am, in Madison from the looks of it. Yeah, I'm back in Madison where it is 80 degrees, sunny. Ooh. We got birds out too. And it's pretty hard to be a grump when you got the sun out and the birds and spring is here and the only sort of drawback is that there's a lot of tree pollen going on right now and i have a little bit of a scratchy throat and i am choosing to believe that it is tree pollen and not something i picked up on the airplane my back is better i'm able to walk and move around and you know i know that everyone suffers from back issues at some point in their life but boy are they frustrating when you can't do the things that you want to do and you can't move around i have learned my lesson yet again about how important footwear is when hiking in uneven terrain and i if, if anyone listening to this if we're about to go on a hike and i'm like oh yeah i found these shoes that are three sizes too small for me and have a hole in the heel let's go on a hike you should stop me and just say, hey, Ben, remember, you need to have appropriate footwear for this kind of hike. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I've had some some back issues in my time, and it, it turns out that your back is connected to a lot of your other parts. Really is, including your brain, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I've, I got back. Uh, nice, nice weather, nice everything coming in. It's just good spring, hopeful. Glad to be talking to all of the collaborists in the world. And I am thankful for the messages we got from people saying that they were glad that the podcast was back. And yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm glad the podcast is back too. I'm glad that I also was able to go to Seattle and see you and go to Oregon, go to California, get a little West Coast experience and earthquake, all of that. I'm, I'm glad to have done it. That was quite the West Coast tour you had had yeah. over the last month, month plus yeah. now. Really was. Really right was. Right on. Well, speaking of Santa Cruz, uh, what do you have for us? You've, you've been out there developing some some things. What's, yeah. What you got cooking, Ben? I'm super excited about this. And it's still a learning thing, but I want to make a call out to anyone who's listening who might want to be a part of this. This is uh, something that I'm developing. It's something that I believe is super helpful. It's kind of like knowing that a scientific theory exists, but you don't know exactly how to confirm and prove that it exists. And it's also kind of in a, as far as our current sensory expectations and abilities, it's kind of a hard one to figure out, but I'm up to the challenge. What I did this last uh, 
couple of weeks when I was in Santa Cruz was I was blessed to be around a, a bunch of authors and there were four authors in particular, my friend Bronwyn, who is the publisher of Soho Press, uh, Joe Jonas, who is not the Joe Jonas that some of you may know, but the writer Joe Jonas, who they're not quite yet as famous as the musician Joe Jonas, but will one day be, he's, he's working on a memoir called The Fire Tender, and it's, it's going to be really powerful. Uh, my new friend, Aurora, and my friend, Abby. Abby, who you met back in October. And what we did was I asked everyone where they were on their book, where they felt stuck, or where they felt like they might need some help figuring out what is going to unfold in the process, or it could be even just in the revision process. And what we did is we sat down. I sat down individually with each of them and I had a canvas and we divided the canvas kind of in half. And then we just started talking and I would ask questions about what is the tone of this book and how would that tone be represented in color? And once that was decided, why don't you mix that color and why don't we start painting? And we went through each one of us for about an hour and we talked about the book while painting. I was painting on one half of the canvas. They were painting on the other half. And then when we figured out that we had kind of reached an end of the process, we sat back and said, okay, what did we just paint? And how does this relate to your book? Now, it's very possible that someone can be listening and be suspicious and be like, it doesn't, it doesn't relate to the book at all. But you're a naysayer. And I'm not going to actually hear what you're saying right now, because I am convinced that there was actual magic going on between the subconscious, the conscious mind, the writer, the writer's block, and the inner sort of creative part of us that may be best represented by how we were when we were much younger and we didn't know about rules and we didn't know about those things, but we created for the sake of creating and having an enjoyment. And we had four really amazing paintings, four amazing conversations while doing it. And we would take the finished painting, we would look at it, we would see what was there and what story we could create from it. And then we would turn the canvas 90 degrees and we would do the same thing again. And then we would rotate it 90 more degrees and then 90 again. So we would look at it from all angles or from all four or and figure out how does this relate to the book? And it did. It always did. All four cases, it related to the book. And we were able to come up with story. We were able to fit it, figure out how it fit in and what the process was. And it was this beautiful, beautiful experience. And there's part of me that after the first one went so well, Abby and I went first. I was afraid to do another one because I was like, what if it doesn't work as well the second time around? But it did. And then I was like, what if it doesn't work the third time around? And it did and so on. And then on Sunday night before I left Santa Cruz on Monday, um, we went to the beach and everyone took their paintings and we did a photo shoot on the beach of everyone holding their paintings. If I can get permission from folks, what I would like to do is at least 
upload some of the audio or some of the video of the process as it was going on so that collaborators in the audience can uh, see it and see how it might work for them. There, nobody in the group was a painter. Nobody is a painter, including myself. It was just truly a matter of like, what does the subconscious produce if it's allowed a chance to produce it and given the tools to do it? So yeah, I'm super excited about that. I want to do retreats. Can, can I can I stop you there and go back to, I wanted to get some more information about yeah. things that you said. Yeah. So after, when the painting was complete and you said you were rotating it and then, and then, and then talking about what came up and then there was, a, and can you talk about the, the narrative component again, when you, when you kind of retranslated back from color and form into words? Yeah. Um, Bronwyn, like one, one example would be that Bronwyn is working on a novel that's set in Santa Cruz and it's set near the Santa Cruz boardwalk. And we were able to look at the painting and see her protagonist and her protagonist was standing near water and was, um, there was sort of a dark energy about the whole thing. This was a person who was in the midst of being challenged and there was a lot of danger, I guess, for lack of a better term. And none of that was intentional. The, the water wasn't intentional. None of it was something that you could look at and be like, oh, they tried to paint a scene of the Santa Cruz boardwalk. It's just when it got rotated around, you could see water and you could see danger and you could see a character sort of standing there and walking it. Again, none of it was intentionally done. None of those elements were like, I'm going to paint these things. It was just, here's a brush, here's some colors, let's mix this all together. And the, the brain does amazing things when you don't ask it to do anything. So then upon seeing that, that unlocked something for her or painted yeah, it, something? Yeah, it, and it, got her into a scene. It got her more into the scene. And I've said this before, I painted, and I'm going to hold it up in a second. I painted a painting months ago and I had no real intention when I painted it. And it wasn't until a few days after I painted it that I realized it was the protagonist from my novel and that they were at a location in the book and they were looking at something. And what was fascinating to me is that I now saw my characters in a realer sense because there was a visual uh, manifestation of them that I could look at, whereas before they had only been words. And when I saw them standing on this property looking out at something, I thought, oh, this is this place in my book that I've created. It doesn't exist on a map. It doesn't, it can't go there right now, but I painted it and I was like, oh, I recognize that. That's this dormitory. That's all of these things. And it made me understand my characters and their setting and everything much better and put me into that place to the point where you and I have talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but it was like when I saw this actualized, I thought maybe I don't have to write this anymore because I was writing to get to the point where it felt this real. And again, 
I'm not a painter, but what we've got here is two of the characters can, I can't see because it's obviously blocking my face, but is the painting. Yep. Go are, up. Are you the microphone's blocking the bottom corner. So you lift it up about six inches. There you go. Okay. So, uh, oh, this microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, this is, this is two of the characters from my book standing on one of the characters grandfather's ranch in northwestern Nebraska and there's a fire somewhere in here and there's a there's a building back here like this this brush stroke and I don't know if you can see it through that way that was never meant to be a building that was just a brush stroke I made and then later on I was like oh that looks like a building and if that is a building that they're looking at then it must be this building and that is an absolutely amazing process that, again, not intentional, no skill involved, no anything. It's just, it happens. And I think that there's a great metaphor for art and doing that. But I think that it's also when we let our subconscious do the work of creating story and developing character and let that come out as opposed to just strictly saying, this is what I'm going to write and this is what I'm going to do. Our subconscious has instincts that we don't necessarily recognize in our conscious mind. And it behooves us to at least look at what our subconscious has produced and say, why did it produce this? And how does this fit into this overall project that I'm working on? I would love to see those. I know that you posted on Twitter some of those beach shots, but I, I I would be so fascinated to see those paintings and to also have some of the narrative paired with them so that I could see more into the processes of these particular writers in this instance, what what they were writing, what they were stuck on, and what kind of breakthroughs came about from that process. It sounds really interesting. So, so maybe what I'll do is um, create a separate video that I can link to uh, that has audio and video from those sessions with those people as long as I can get their approval to include it and those paintings and talk about how that happens. I think the other thing that we could do on a future episode of CollaboraCast is have one of those folks stop by and be a guest and then you would be able to talk to them about their experience so it's not being filtered through through me and me having leading questions. I would actually love for someone else to ask them about it so that they could get it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I, Bronwyn has said she would come on the podcast at some point anyway and she as as the publisher of one of America's most respected and celebrated independent publishing houses uh, she can give us wisdom about more than just my crackpot painting theories what about the naysayers though what are they going to say they're going to always talk the <laughs> naysayers are always going to have naysaying to say always going to have nays always going to have nays to nay you're um, always Instagram could also be a place where it'd be easy to pair one of the images with a little bit of a, a, a paragraph or so on, on the processes. Yeah. And maybe what I'll do right now, just to, to help it along and just so I don't overburden myself, I'll put up all four paintings on Instagram, on the Collaborous Instagram. 
And then I'll do a separate one where I can get some of the actual talking and the video of the process going on. And I might even be able to do uh, like a time lapse of the painting process for two of them. Two of them are recorded on video, two are just recorded just audio. But I might be able to get a time lapse so you can see how it changes and what it looks like as it gets flipped around and it can kind of be an instructional thing that way. So I, when I asked my question, I cut you off. You were about to say that you wanted to be able to take this and do more with it. Yeah, I would love to do writer's retreats or, you know, like when we were at AWP, just be able to sit somewhere and do this. I think it is something that can be duplicated. I would love to sit down with people who are feeling stuck in their book and who have really tried to force the issue of overcoming I'm going to say writer's block. I know that there are plenty of writers who are like, writer's block isn't real. I just need to eat and put food on the table. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. You write 100 books a year and you're super qualified to talk about everyone's process. But for those of you like me, who sometimes hit a place where we don't know exactly where we're going next in our book or we're, we're feeling a little bit fussy about it, this is a way, I think, to engage the creative part of your brain in a way that doesn't involve writing directly and immediately, but will end up influencing your writing. That sounds awesome. What if, what if our bosses don't want you to do that? What if, what if, what if upper management says that's not, what if, what if you don't get approval? Well, you know, that, the two bosses that we had yesterday got fired and the bosses we had last week got fired. And I think if I remember the corporate org chart, that puts you and me in charge of everything now. I think we are the bosses. All right. So we got the inmates running the asylum now. The inmates are definitely running the asylum <laughs> and they have paintbrushes. <laughs> so uh, Collaborist, if you're out there and you're like, hey, this sounds kind of intriguing. Help me put this together. Where are we all going to meet up? Let's all meet up somewhere. Let's all meet up somewhere for some writing, some painting, some talking about craft. Jason and I have talked previously about doing writers uh, retreats, workshops in especially communities that wouldn't normally have access to that kind of thing and where travel is an impediment. If you are in a town and you've got six people in your writers group and you all really want Jason and me to show up and maybe we'll bring some friends like an agent or a publisher or an author. We can do that. The initial idea that we had was we're going to be sleeping on your couches and eating at your table. And the only cost of admittance for something like this is that we will be doing volunteer work in your community. And we just hope that you'll join us out there and volunteer. This is about community as a verb. And maybe if you've got friends that want to get married, Jason could perform a service. I am also licensed by whatever that church is online that says that you can perform marriages. I just haven't done one yet. So if you want, if you want us to do a dual officiating of your wedding, I guess we could probably figure something out. It's quite a menu of options. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> you can tell that as someone who used to travel all the time and has been homebound for a long time, you can tell that I've got the itch to go places and do things. Come paint. We'll bring people. We'll yeah. draw. We'll do you have chores that you need done? You can marry somebody. Yeah. I'll run to the grocery store for you. Whatever what do you, you need. need. <laughs> or we can just sit on a back porch and chit chat about the weather. Collaborist, whatever works for you works for us.
Sounds good to me. All right. Well, I don't really have much more on this episode, and I'm sure that like three people are going to listen to it and be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But if you're one of those three people, thanks for sticking around. Do you have anything else, Mr. Buckholtz? I would also just like to invite people to also, if we've been talking a lot about the subconscious, the unconscious part of this process, this is this is a little bit of a sidebar, but I've discovered over the last week in, in my own process that I've am, am realizing more and more that I have my significant breakthroughs when I'm not actually sitting there looking at my computer. They have come. In fact, I was banging my head on my keyboard earlier this week, trying to figure out what the hell this one character was thinking about. I was like, I need to get, it's time for some interiority here, but I don't know what's going on in there. As soon as I closed my computer, I decided I was going to go for a walk. I made it one house down the street. Like I literally got outside, took maybe 30 steps. And then it, it immediately, I was like, oh, duh. This is obviously what he was thinking about in that point. And it, it, it's great. It's like you forced your brain. You tried to force your conscious mind to do it. And then you're like, okay, I'm, I'm closing this. I'm putting the computer on sleep mode. And the, and the unconscious subconscious was like, oh, okay. I got it from here. Here you go. Yeah. It's like, why didn't you, why didn't you, I've been trying to, I've been trying to tell you this the whole time. You thought you were smarter than you were. And I've been trying to tell you this. Also on that menu list of items, because Jason's right, that writing is not just typing. And you have already expressed that you are a huge fan of going on walks and hikes to sort of clear your mind and get that space. Jason will certainly lead hikes wherever we are. Uh, and I will go as long as I have appropriate footwear and I'm in no danger of ruining my back. <laughs> And I wanted to invite other people to talk if there are, and I don't remember if I said this yet or not, but if, if in terms of this relationship between writing and the unconscious or subconscious, if other people have ways of doing that, we would love to hear about them. We would love to hear your techniques, whether it's tapping into dreams or whatever else you do that's not sitting there trying to make your brain think of things to, to, to get, get at the gold that's in there. We'd love to hear about it. Absolutely. If this podcast has been helpful, please be sure to subscribe if you're new around these parts. And uh, if you got time and energy, rate and review wherever you get your podcast. Talk about it on the social media. Let your subconscious go wild. Check out Instagram. What is our Instagram handle? Because I know it's not just Collaborist. Is it Collaborist 1? I think it is The Collaborist. Okay. You can tell that I'm super up to date on all of these. The things. Collaborist. The Collaborist. Right now, there is a photo of me at, San, at the beach in Santa Cruz wearing a, this isn't that shirt, but wearing my, wearing my Collaborist shirt that says, everything's going to be, everything's going to be, period, all right. And I know that resonates with a lot of you at home. We do have a few extra shirts left over. If you are interested in them, please just send an email to info at collaborist.org. We're going to be doing a new run shortly. Going to get some different colored shirts, maybe get some hoodies, maybe get some other gear for people to wear to uh, be appropriate for the weather. I think a comet just flew overhead or something. The sun just got blacked out for a second. That was weird. Okay. But that, that sounds like 
a cliffhanger for next episode. There's nothing to worry about. about. Yeah, <laughs> nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. We also have notebooks left over. So sure stickers, do. And stickers. stickers notebooks. Yep. Stickers if you order. Shirts are 20 bucks or so. Notebooks. Yeah, whatever. Throw us, throw us a couple bones. If you buy a shirt or a notebook, we'll throw in some stickers for free, obviously, like Jason just said. If you put them on your laptop, you can get $5 off something. Just, just go into your local coffee shop and be like, yeah, can I get uh, an Americano? And I think it's free because I have this sticker on my laptop. And they'll be like, no, that's not a thing. Send the bill to Jason and Ben. Yeah, send it. We'll, we'll pay it on delivery. Or story. For community collaborate. What in the heck is all of that?